0: You may have seen the little teaser shot by our own Riley Anderson. If you haven't, it's really kind of a neat concept that we're doing. There's a field in Manitoba, that's a province in Western Canada, where Riley farms that sat underwater for over a month. Well, what happened? A lot of the biology died. They're going to try and revive this field. It's an experiment. It's some uh, it's something that's going to be kind of neat to watch throughout this season, and we have Ag Explorer enlisted to help.
1: Welcome to Extreme Ags Cutting the Curve. More than just a podcast, it's the place for insights you can apply immediately to your farm operation for increased success. This episode of Cutting the Curve is brought to you by Ag Explorer, with innovative products that improve fertilizer efficiency, protect yield, and reduce stress. Ag Explorer helps maximize field potential. Find out how Ag Explorer can help you get more out of your crop at agexplorer.com. And now, here's your host, Damian Mason.
0: Well, greetings and welcome to another fantastic episode of Extreme Ags Cutting the Curve. We are talking about reviving a dead field. So I've got Corey Conrad, a sales rep for Ag Explorer covering Manitoba. I've got Riley Anderson, an affiliate with Extreme Ag who's going to work on this project and keep us posted about the results. All right, gentlemen, welcome to Extreme Ags Cutting the Curve. Thanks
2: for having me. All
0: nice right. to be here. Corey, you got a call from Riley, and uh, he explained this problem, and you said, okay, here's what I think we're going to do. So tell me how that first call went. I want to get to the actual problem, but I I think it's neat to not just start right at the beginning. You got a call, and what was the, uh, what was the request?
3: So... With the with, with what was happening on Riley's farm with uh, with that water being on on that land for so long, it's it's kind of gone into a stale mode. So uh, we're hoping to put some life back in, into that that field of his. All right. So
0: explain the problem,
2: Mr. Riley. So uh, yeah, like what was said, is we had water on top of the field. A lot of our biology has died or been severely damaged. And uh, I'm trying to build my levels of biology back up. Um, I'm looking at a list of products or a few products that will help me revive that soil and build that biology up. So the the one that I'm looking at specifically, because I think it could help, is Humapack from Ag Explore. It's a humic acid. And that is food for biology, and I figure the best way to build up bigger, stronger, more import, more effective
0: microbes is to feed them. And- I don't disagree, but let's talk about the problem because there's somebody's probably listening. It's like saying, "Wait a minute, this is just—is this just product pitch? Are these guys being dramatic?" <laughs> in your in your video, you said it was a dead field. And we yeah. called it that and you even admit, yeah. okay, that might've been a little bit hyperbole. It might've been a little overdone, a little exaggerated, but not really what happened. Yeah. So the, the water came out of the river uh, and, and this has happened before cause you're in the red river Valley. Yeah, but This was longer than normal.
2: Yes, it was longer than normal and also later than normal. So we normally get it on the fields for two to four weeks and our ground is frozen so our micro microbes and our biology are dormant for the winter so we don't see that much damage what happened this year is it was a late flood and our soil was revved up ready to start going we're ready to start planting yeah. and then it got covered so the biology was not prepared for the flood by being dormant
0: yeah so if, it, if, you got it, flo- if you got floods over frozen ground It's less damaging, maybe not. I mean, other than if there's some erosion issues, it's not really damaging if it's on frozen ground. This happens when your ground's already heating up and there's already microbial activity and most importantly, earthworm activity, right? Yes. Yeah. So that was what got me thinking about it is I had a little
2: patch that wasn't covered in water and I was cleaning up some flood debris and I found a pile of earthworms just clinging to this flood debris that that was the only food it really had there was the stuff that washed up on shore and that's when my brain started going okay we we need to do something about this and the field had a smell that just smelled rotten or
0: gross Yeah. So like you've, you've, you've been there like when you drain a lake or something like that. And then there's this smell of, of, of what you're saying is it's, there's biological stuff there and it's kind of rotting and whatever. And that's kind of what you're talking about, right?
2: Yeah. So I believe that I lost most of my earthworm population because we didn't have oxygen in the soil.
0: And our guy, Lee Lubbers, that's just a few hours South of you down in South Dakota, he he talks at great uh, uh, length about the benefits of his earthworm activity for soil porosity and yes. oxygenation, as well as obviously rejuvenation, et cetera, of the nutrients. So Ag Explorer does not sell earthworms. Um, how are you going to get this field bag using Ag Explorer stuff? I don't think that they're in the, in the business of, of, of being earthworm breeders. Corey.
3: Oh, you, you're right there, uh, Damien. Uh, but what we do have is our, our Huma pack, uh, which is an 800 um, humic acid compound uh, with our Inception and our intake technology. Uh, and the Inception um, provides carbon sources and uh, helps with the increase of nutrients. And the intake helps with the mobility of the nutrients. So what we're trying to do is... is Talking with Riley, we're trying to kickstart that soil and get life back into that soil because, um, like a healthy soil, a living soil that is, um, is very critical for nutrient uptake and mobility. So, that's that's what we're trying to do with the huma pack.
0: Got it. Um, the Humapack pack application is is it once and done? I mean, tell me kind of the process. The field dried out. You knew you had a problem. Take me through the process, Mr. Uh, Riley. So
2: I, uh, the field dried out. We floated on canola, which is an interesting thing. The field was still wet, and we had our crop insurance deadline coming, so we raced to get it on before the crop insurance deadline, so we'd have insurance. And we harrowed it in with a with a light harrow. Okay, Flo- float,
0: float floated it in. What do you mean?
2: Yeah so that's in a big like fertilizer spreader that the co-op would have like okay. granular fertilizer spreader
0: okay so you so mix. you, you broadcast you broadcast spread it yeah, and exactly dragged into a light a light scratching over that how big is this field by the way it's 50 acres it's the smallest field i own okay but it's a good so one for great. an experiment
2: yep it's my it's kind of my experimental field i put tile in it two years ago and uh I've been trying stuff on it. I've uh, loaded up a fertilizer over the years, and that's my contest field for corn. When I uh, when I entered,
0: yeah. Well, well, get through the next year and then and then re-enter it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, this this year's at a loss right now. All right. So you floated on canola, which means broadcast spread it with one of those great big yeah. granular spreaders that's got tires that are the size of uh, Manitoba, and then yeah, harrowed it. in. then what? Um. Now I'm going to wait for it to germinate. And I'm gonna mix the
2: humipac in with my first pass of in-crop herbicide. And I'm planning that it will get through the get on the soil and in through the roots. And hopefully that will help stimulate the crop and stimulate the biology to feed the crop.
0: <clears throat> There's gotta be more if it's this simple. If it's this simple, then we just discovered how to fix a dead soil. Is this going to be enough,
3: Corey? Well, we're going to have to go a high enough rate this first first pass. So um, what what I would be recommending would be the two liters per acre. Sorry, you'll have to do the conversion. Uh, (laughs) And then it's something that, uh, it's definitely not a, a one and done thing. There's going to have to be applications, maybe one in this fall. Uh, again or there's you could always uh, feed the crop through the growing year with, and throw on another pass at that time. but it's definitely it's the, definitely gonna take a few passes to, to build those levels back up again for sure.
0: All right, so that's just humor pack she says humic acid it, it, there's gonna be something else, right? I mean you, your fertility is probably okay, right, Riley?
2: Yeah, it's loaded up with fertility. It's just getting that
0: fertility into the plant now is
2: going to be my challenge.
0: And, and this then is, you're trying to kickstart the life back into it. Is there something
2: yeah. else you're going to need besides human pack? So the other one I'm going to try, and I don't know much about this product. Brewer threw it in my shed and said, "Try this," and I haven't done much research on it, but it's called Sweet Tea from Egg Explorer. Um, we're going to try that as well. Um, the basically what we're trying to do, how I've done it in the past. Is we've put manure on fields. That's the best way to build biology and to drain the water off. That's the extent of my knowledge. I'm no expert at this. So I'm just trying things and think trying to think outside the
0: box right now. Corey, have you seen anything like this before? He calls you up and says, I got a dead field. And you said dead? What the hell happened? You got and spray it? You're saying, No, no, no. The biology is dead because it sat underwater during the warming season and it and it cooked and killed everything. And you said
3: I was like. Well, that's a first for me because uh, I I haven't seen anything like that personally. Um, where I have uh, seen uh, somebody have some issues is it was on um, again on a very small scale, and it was um, pasture, uh, small like a small pasture, and and it was hard as a rock. And um, so what we tried doing is, you could just see that the grass would grow once and it'd be kind of a one and done situation. So we had him apply the two liters of pack in that fall and then come in the spring. Uh, he, he had applied another pass of the, the pack And that year in the, during the summer, he called me up. He said, you want to come take a look at this? And when we were out there the, the year before, like I said, it, it was, it was like walking on, on concrete and that, that having those, that HemaPak on there, it was almost, you could almost feel it mellow below, underneath your feet. And we took it as like, okay, there's definitely something happening here. You know, those microbes are starting to work. We're starting to put some life back into that, into that pasture.
0: You talked about uh, bringing in organic matter, uh, Riley, meaning yeah. manure. You don't have livestock. Um, no, we do not. But that's nutrient, but it's not necessarily biology or is it yeah, there's lots of
2: biology in manure okay. we uh we get hog manure yeah so we'll get feeder manure and uh that is the best way to build organic matter and best build biology in your soil in my opinion
0: so you're bringing in good bacteria etc and it creates the hum, you know adds to the humus layer that kind of yep. humus content exactly yep what about earthworms you, you know 50 acres it's one thing if there's a little corner over here that have earthworms earthworms can you know migrate how do you get earthworms in the middle of a 50 acre field you know it's going to take them a couple of days to get there they move kind of slow i uh,
2: i like to bug lee about it uh, he talks about his earthworm content and i say that he should run a tillage tool through it and cut his earthworms in half and double his population
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh and, uh, and and that might work so anyway <laughs> what, what's your thought on getting worms back in there um
2: the biggest thing is to create food for them a good a good home just like you have you want to have a good roof over your house and you want to have good walls that are going to protect you and food for you to eat and they're going to naturally pop repopulate the soil and uh, we've found in past floods, our earthworm population actually comes back very quickly as long as we can keep the soil dry. We have to dry the soil out after. If it sits all summer with puddles and wet and then we, then we kill our, earth, our earthworms, just don't repopulate as fast. Right. So drainage is key.
0: Mm-hmm. And you've done that on this particular field. Uh, yes. What is your, what do you want to see? Like what's going to be a success? What's going to make you look at this? And I want to start with Corey. When you look at this, you went out there and looked at this field and said, damn, smells dead. Now what's going to to make you think that you really achieve success?
3: Well, if we can get something to grow on there, I think that's first and foremost. And secondly, um, this fall will be a, a real good indication, you know, if we do some digging around there and it starts to smell like dirt again. I, I think that'll be a, a big, big success right there.
0: Got it. So it doesn't smell healthy. didn't smell healthy. You've done the stuff. What's it look like now? We're recording this mid-June. What's it look like now, Riley? So the, the field is
2: black, um, like it was burnt off with a torch. All the all the residue is gone because the floodwater took it. And um, I have little canola plants starting to poke up now. Uh, they're just starting to come. So I'm hoping... In about a week or two, I'll have ground cover and that will fight off the
0: weeds that like to grow in wet soil. Mm -hmm. So then you do get a crop and it may not be a great one this year. What's going to be success for you? Um, I would like to
2: see my earthworm population go up, definitely. And I'm going to be digging throughout the season just to see how it comes back naturally versus the test. Mm -hmm. And I would like to see 10 to 20% more earthworms on the treated versus untreated
0: and you did not do manure you did just no nope. you, you did you did humic and humic pack and then when's the sweet tea go on uh that will go on either with my
2: second pass of uh of fertilizer i actually have to talk to Corey about
0: that well, he cory's here cory Corey's right he, here what should he what happens probably next?
2: answer that question
0: better than i can what happens next Corey?
3: Well, um, after the humid pack, yeah, the the sweet tea can go on here. Other on a first first pass uh, with a herbicide, Um, that's when we see a lot of people use it. I should just uh, note there, Damon. The sweet tea is basically octane. You you might have heard the guys down south talk about octane. Uh, Up here, it's just registered sweet tea, so it's the same product. And and what is it? Um, uh, Sweet tea is it's a blend of uh, uh, complex carbohydrates. So basically it's sugars. Okay. So it's a blend of sugars. And didn't we start doing this like
0: 10 or 15 years ago, we started spraying sugars on our corn. Was that where we used it first? Or is it on soybeans?
3: Yeah. Um, actually, I, I think a lot of guys were using it. Um, yeah. Like you say, on, on corn, corn first. Okay. So, and and most, a lot of times down in the States, they're using it in furrow too. Okay. But you're obviously don't have that choice. So this is going to go on as a foliar. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And you're going to go on that sweet tea, as you call it, which is like octane you're putting on as a foliar feed and it's going to happen in about the next two to four weeks. Yeah. I would say Uh, three weeks. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So, uh, that's going to be your next treatment. Are you done after that? With this test, I am, I'm going to be doing some
2: other things for my own personal knowledge, just trying to figure out how to bring it back quicker.
0: When and the, I haven't can, finalized those things yet. Assuming the canola matures and makes it and, and whatnot, yeah. when do you harvest your canola? Um, this field will be harvested
2: end of September, beginning of October.
0: All right. Then what's your treatment to keep the, bio, are you going to do manure then to uh, really kind of throw, throw more biology in this? Field? Um I will try to put manure on. I'm limited on how much I can get.
2: So if I can get manure, it will go on there. I will also no-till this field behind canola just to keep my roots intact versus tilling it like we normally
0: would. Yeah, so what are you going to put? Are you going to put something? Can you plant something to be an uh, overwintering crop to help protect No,
2: we're going to be froze up by the 15th of November with snow on the ground. So that snow will protect it.
0: Okay, so you don't, you don't think that you could go and put in like a, a winter wheat or something to have some level of growth to increase biology? You actually piqued my interest. I probably will put fall rye in
2: as a, as a crop. If I My seeding deadline for
0: that would be the 15th of September. I'll probably put it in later anyways. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, so you put it in later, and then maybe you don't get much out of it, but rye is fairly cheap to seed, and it usually yeah. is cold weather tolerant, right? Yeah. Yeah, it'll overwinter and
2: and green up in the spring again.
0: Yeah, and also you have something that is keeping that biology going later into the fall and earlier in the spring. Exactly, yeah. What did we not cover about this that uh, anybody that says, you know what, I had a problem like this where I had a field that had water sitting on it. Is there anything that that we haven't shared or any, any lessons we haven't told our viewers, listeners? I
2: would say that that's all I have. But if anybody has any tips or has dealt with this in the past, I would be open to your feedback because this is something new to me.
0: Yeah. And what's interesting is we're getting so much better about this, Corey. I mean, you've been in this game for a while. Um, we didn't talk about biology as much and the soil uh, 30 years ago.
3: No, um uh, and we're we're learning all the time uh, more and more more about that. And again, it, it all comes back to you know a healthy soil is is that living soil um one thing i'm hoping that riley will be willing to try is you know another shot of pack on that field come this fall whether it's um right after his canola yeah. goes in or just right before just to, again just just to get more more of that humic acid in in that soil yeah so so uh,
0: we talked about uh, initial uh, treatment at pack we, we put in canola. Is canola a, a crop that is pretty good to go into degraded or problematic fields? Yes. Um, so canola is,
2: it's not a mycorrhizal fungi plant. It doesn't need that to grow. So it grows in weird places and in a lot of, a wide variety of soils. You don't have to. You don't have to be as fussy with it as you would with, say, a corn.
0: Got it. So um, that's why you chose to put the canola in there. You thought this is the place. This is the place to put canola. in. got it. So yep. human pack. Human pack. Uh, when you seeded, um, you're seeing growth. Um, you're going to do the sweet tea, which is the same thing as octane from Ag Explorer uh, as a foliar in the next two to three weeks, and then in the fall. And you said post harvest, Corey or or, or, or it before can go the e- rye, right
3: yeah it, it can go either or like if depending on you know if he is doing a pre-harvest type of application it can be mixed in with that or again it can go uh, go on right behind the combine
0: got it uh you were keep us posted on the progress of this right yes definitely we're gonna call it riley anderson's dead field rejuvenation project uh with ag explore um if people want to learn more about these products uh cory uh ag you betcha and then if anybody wants to find out more uh riley and you said if anybody has a lot of experience with this reach out to you directly you can find them through the extreme ag platform but also you're generous about giving out your email your email address is riley at a
2: so A P L U S. and also you can find me on twitter at mb corn farmer
0: MB Corn Farmer. I actually don't know if I follow you, but I'm going to start now. All right. His name's Riley Anderson. He's our, he's our affiliate up north of the border, working in the Western uh, Canada, the Prairie Provinces, Manitoba, as it were. Uh, Corey Conrad, thanks for being here with Ag AgExplore. If you want to learn more about Ag Explore, go to Ag Explore. you want to reach out to Riley, we just gave you that email. If you want to learn more about everything, go to extremeag.farm. You know, we've got hun- over 100 of these kind of episodes. We've got all the videos that the guys are shooting on farm, doing product trials, experiments, talking about their practices practices. We talk about business. We talk about managing personalities, hiring employees, you name it. We've probably covered it. If we haven't, send us a line and say, hey, cover this, and we will do so. That's what we do here at Extreme Ag uh, and and here at the Cutting Curve podcast. Remember, the whole entire concept was to shorten your learning curve and give you information you can use on your farm, so that's what we're doing here. Till next time, thanks for being here, Riley. Thank you. Thanks for pulling over and listening to us and talking to us, Mr. Corey. Thanks for having me. You bet. Till next time, I'm David Mason. You've been listening to Cutting the Curve.
1: Thanks for listening to another edition of Cutting the Curve. For more information that you can apply to your farm operation, visit extremeag.farm. Are your crops stressed out? Ag Explorer has you covered with a full line of products to help protect your crop from environmental stressors such as cold and wet or heat and drought. Check out agexplorer.com and start protecting your yields and profits.